You're listening to the Fade to Gray Network. Ladies and idiots. This is the Fade to Gray Podcast. So the next day I find out he's a Christian with three ex-wives. Well, he needs to convert to Islam, then he'll get like 77 versions. I found certain things that were quite shocking to me. Yeah, but if that would turn him gay, I'm totally on board with that. You have been in some relationships in your past, correct? <laughs> what do you think about the Fade to Gray podcast? It sucks. Nice. We out. We out. Hey, everybody. It's Elizabeth coming at you with this episode of Fade to Gray podcast. I've got my installment of the relationship series, and we're going to be fading to gray on the topic of divorce. I was able to interview two of my friends for this episode, including Stephanie, the new hostess of Your Atheist Pastor, and Shannon, one of my piano students and mom of piano students. First things first, we're going to dive in with the interview with Stephanie. I was joined by Seth and Chris on this interview. So sit back and enjoy this episode of Fade to Gray. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Fade to Gray podcast. It's Elizabeth coming at you with Seth and Chris. What's up? Today, we are going to be interviewing the newest pastor of Your Atheist Pastor, Matt Pastoress. Uh, I think she, pref- yeah, yeah. she prefers Jezebel, yeah. <laughs> the, the Jezebel of the Your Atheist Pastor. This is Stephanie. We'd like to welcome you to, to our podcast. Thanks for joining us. Hello. Stephanie is here to give us another installment of the relationship series. And today we're going to be talking about divorce. Stephanie is currently walking through, working through, walking through. What is it? Oh, divorce right now. Before we get to that part of this story, I'd like to ask you a little bit about your relationship history. Tell us, Stephanie. That's going to take way too long, Elizabeth. We're going to be here for five hours. (gasps) Chris. Chris. Hold on. Wait, wait, wait. I think Seth was supposed to be the douchebag, right? Wasn't that what he said? (laughs) That's what he said, but obviously Chris has taken that badge today. (laughs) Okay. But I, but I, but can I, before we, before we, I mean, I want to talk about that and I want to talk about your relationship history, but also as the new pastor of your atheist pastor, can you kind of just fill us in a little bit about who you are and yeah, what makes you, (laughs) what makes you capable of filling Luke's shoes over there, huh? Oh my. Right. Like I kind of want to (laughs) know you're stepping into some pretty big shoes there and you know. Uh, it's a pretty big role you've taken on. So, so tell us just a little bit about who you are, what your podcast is about, and that kind of stuff, and then let's jump into the Well, the Your Atheist Pastor podcast is basically about putting a friendly face on atheism and connecting people to other people and possibly helping the recently deconverted move on and assimilate, I guess I will say. Well, now, wait a minute. Atheists can't be happy. They don't have the love of God living in them. Oh, yeah, that's right. But yeah, no, actually, I think we're we're ecstatic. We're beyond happy. So this means that you're an atheist? Yep. Well, no wonder she's getting divorced. That's yeah, actually, I mean, it all makes sense. And it's part of the problem. I mean, I was taught, I was pretty much taught to hate you. I know. So this should be interesting. <laughs> oh my God. Such fun. Such fun. <laughs> I told you it was going to be a douchebag. All right, Seth you, <laughs> Seth, you just go ahead and try to hate me, and we'll see how it turns out. Okay, I'll try. I'll try really hard. 
Okay. What else would you like to know about me? So you're running a podcast. Where do you live? I live in San Luis Obispo, California. So that's uh, the central coast between San Francisco and LA. And when you're not podcasting, do you want to talk about what you do in your spare time? Uh, I don't have spare time, but I do <laughs> what, <laughs> what I do. We have a music school, basically a little bit of music retail shop, a few locations and teach a lot of lessons. What lessons do you teach? I don't teach anything. I get the students to go where they need to be and do the okay. retail part. That's my job. I'm more coordinated them to get with the right teacher and the right instrument. Fun things like that. You know, answering the phone, being nice, being super nice for an atheist. (laughs) You have been in some relationships in your past, correct? Yes. (laughs) What was your um, experience in high school? Did you grow up in the purity culture at all? And were you told never to date or was that was dating something you, you were allowed to do according to your parents and the culture you were growing up in? I did not grow up in the purity culture. I didn't grow up in church at all. I didn't even become aware of the purity culture until my daughter, which is what 32 now, until my daughter was around in the church and had friends that were in the purity culture. So I I didn't even know anything about that stuff. I was basically taught to wait until marriage, but that's just, you know, what good girls do. And that's, that's what I was told, but it had nothing to do with God. And then, well, I negotiated down to dating. I think I think they said maybe when I was 18, and I think I negotiated all the way down to 14. So I did pretty good. Yeah, good job. Did you attend college after high school? I went to some college. I basically take whatever classes I want and do whatever I want still. I just learn along the way. Did you pursue guys, or were you the type of girl that would just wait and let guys pursue you? Or was it a little mix of both? <laughs> I wouldn't say I pursued them. I would just cause them to pursue me. How so? Yes, how I was so? going to ask, how do you do that? <laughs> what, like it's hard? <laughs> Sometimes, yes. Well, I mean, I struggle. Like me. I mean, he was. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, it's, it's just a matter of uh, the right look, the right smile, the right, you know, attitude. And then they, they get the idea that you're interested. Saves you from making the first Well, for Elizabeth, they just have to be black. <laughs> That's true. That's all? That's easy. (laughs) Oh, wait a minute. Seth is here too. Him too. In Western Pennsylvania, it's harder. I know Stephanie just a tiny bit, listeners, so I know that she's been married more than once. Stephanie, would you like to tell us a little bit about your first marriage, how you met, um, what attracted you to him, and then how long you were together as a dating couple before you got married? Oh, boy. Okay. (laughs) Let's see. This is going to sound bad, but um, hmm. we're going to back up one more relationship. I had already had a baby by then. That uh, relationship lasted about nine months. That guy was um, awful. No more of him. So by, by the time I got together with my first husband, who actually, we worked together. So I got together with my first husband. I had an eight-month-old baby, which uh, she's a great kid, by the way. And he was a great dad. We were married for eight years after only dating for six weeks. My parents basically, my mom, my mom basically well, okay. I, I'm going to say I got married on a dare almost in that in that case. Oh my <laughs> so, gosh. Sort of like it was sort of like you know you you shouldn't have you shouldn't have a baby and just live with somebody. And so both of us were like, fine, whatever. We'll just we'll get married then. And that was that. Wow. So you were married. So it was an eight year relationship built on a dare. No, that's impressive. <laughs> that's the way I call it. <laughs> I say it's that way. Sure. How old were you? <laughs> When you first got married? 22. 22. And it was in six weeks. What? I need to know more details about this dare. Because <laughs> mm, that, that's a pretty... That's a, well, six weeks is really not much a, time at all. And how did you meet this guy? No. It's more, it's more of a threat, I guess. Right? From him? 
Well, no, not, I mean, from my mom. It was just one of those things where mm. I was too lazy to basically say, no, no, I'm going to do what I want. I'm just going to live with him and not have to get married. But, you know, back mm. then, you know, it was sort of still not really. It was taboo. Looked a great, yeah, a little bit. Look, didn't look great yeah. to just have a kid and live with a guy. Well, just having a kid was bad enough. Yeah. Mm. What made you decide to finally get a divorce from him after eight years? I mean, eight years is kind of a little bit of a long time. I don't yeah. know. That doesn't make sense. But it, I mean, you know, what brought you to it after eight years? I don't really like to say that I got bored, but that's pretty much what happened. Uh, just we didn't really, didn't really do anything. Nothing changed. He wasn't was, fanning your flame. Right. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, Although, you know, looking back, at least uh, he was smart and we had good conversations. So that was that was a plus. Uh, so you divorced him. Was it a friendly divorce or was it a nasty divorce? Nope, friendly. How did you work through that? It was, it was friendly okay. and we didn't really own anything by then. You know, we didn't really own much. So it wasn't yeah. it wasn't like a property craziness like the current one. What did you say to people when it came to your daughter? Like I, I have heard people say, well, don't get divorced for the kid's sake. Did people say that to you or how did they how did they approach they approach that? How did you approach that? I don't remember anyone actually ever saying that to me. I, I, that's cool. Yeah. I wonder if that's just a church thing. She comes from liberal California. Hey. You know? Yeah, this is true. <laughs> that's a big difference. It could be. Yeah. But yeah, I don't remember anyone anyone saying that to me. And and I do believe that is the wrong reason. You, you know, the re- actually the reason I didn't really make an effort to stay with her biological father was was better to have one good, happy parent, in my opinion, than to have two unhappy parents. Yeah. Yeah, that's a really good point. You have to think you're modeling that relationship for your kids, too. So when you're modeling a relationship that's not healthy, that's how they learn and they can repeat that yeah yeah that's true wow that's really deep so you even knew that then at 30 you were figuring that all out too that's just instinct for me I, it just makes sense is it mm-hmm. so basically she's smarter than the rest of us <laughs> no <laughs> i didn't say that i just didn't have it all programmed out of me in church <laughs> yeah <laughs> so was that's the truth was he religious at all no no okay no so actually you know i right i was well i was 22 and he was Let's say 22, 34. So we were 12 years apart. And so you were together for eight years. And what led to the separation or what, you know, like, just tell us about that relationship and kind of the dynamics that led to you eventually divorcing. Well, he was in his 40s by the time uh, they got divorced. He was already like the state, you know, he wanted to be at home watching Netflix (laughs) and she wanted to go out and party. Pretty much. That's what happened. Yes. My 30s were quite fun. <laughs> How long was it before you met the guy that you future ex are currently your future your current future ex? <laughs> future ex. <laughs> You're currently um, married to. Yes. Future ex. Um it was uh probably a year and a half before we met, two years. I got we it was well, it's probably a little closer than that. I got married again at 32. So I was married. Okay. I was married two years after we split. So not long. So tell us how that <laughs> Tell us how that went down. How did you meet him? And what attracted you to him and want to, in wanting to get married again? It, in my opinion, that like two years just seems like so fast after being divorced. Like, how did that look for you? And I would say, you know, the other marriage was still, I mean, it was, it was stale before that. And you're going to, you're going to hear a slight pattern probably now, but not well not really it's a little bit different this time uh so so you know it's not like one day you wake up after eight years and you get divorced and then you meet a new guy i mean there's there's definitely a tapering off 
So it feels a lot longer than two years. And I'm, I met him. So I met I met Future X at a bar. Then, you know, the night that he didn't pray before he went out <laughs> and he ended up meeting <laughs> me. <laughs> and I mean, and I actually did approach him so that I didn't intentionally pursue him. But I had been at the same place a couple weeks before and, and saw a couple people. I thought, I know who that is. Who is that? And I just walked over and asked him, do, do I know you or have I just seen you around town? And he's like, oh, I'm, you know, so-and-so from so-and-so. I'm like, nah, I don't, I don't know you, but, you know, nice to meet you. <laughs> and he says, well, I have to go console my friend. And that was that. And I wandered off and then he came over and asked me to dance. And one night stand with an evangelical Christian. So, oops, <laughs> fell off the wagon. <laughs> there you go. You got to pray. got to pray. <laughs> he, uh, so you know, a few people are going to hear this and see my news to them. But, you know, it's all good. Uh, <laughs> so the next day I find out he's a Christian. With three ex-wives. Wow. So that was an interesting conversation. Yes. And I said, how many more times are you going to try? This is crazy. And he said, just one. And I thought, well, I'm, it won't be me because I'm not really, I don't really care. And then, well, and then look what happened. I got married. Wow. More for him. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> what was it about him that you were attracted to? Just good looking. Good looking and nice. And, you know, a little bit, a little bit just different, I guess, than the people I've been married to before. Apparently, I have, um, oh boy, I have a, apparently I have somewhat of a type and I believe it's musician. So, so, <laughs> so there's that. Um, he's a drummer. Did he have any kids from his previous marriages that you were then yes. blending with your daughter? Well, I don't think it ever actually blended, mm. but, but <laughs> the attempt was made. Our kids got along. Our kids are not even two years apart, and they got along fine for the entire time we were dating. They loved each other, and we were all good till the day we actually got married. And then his daughter really didn't want anything to do with us anymore. And I mean, there's a lot more to that story. She's She's got addiction problems and all kinds of other problems, so... It's, uh, there's more to it than me just getting married to her dad. Okay, so you married this evangelical Christian. I want to know, what was that dynamic like? You move in together, you're living together. He's obviously probably trying to make you go to church all the time. Like, what is this dynamic like? Oh, no, well, I went to church well before that, or we probably would not have gotten married. Oh, so, so did yeah, he know? So, so. The plot thickens. Well, he knew. I mean, we talked all about it. At the at the beginning, you know, I mean, that was just we would have some pretty good debates back and forth. We still do once in a while. And it's just, um, you know, so he basically convinced me that it would be cool and fun. And I would go watch him play the drums. And the and church was on Saturday night. I, I have a feeling that if it was ever on Sunday, it was Sunday morning, I probably would have never set foot in the church. But it was, um, you know, and it was nice people there looking back, not the most genuine people in the world. But it, and it was OK. It was, you know, fairly contemporary. And I, I never, as I said, I never was able to really call myself a Christian. And he knew that. But I think he made some assumptions a little bit more than he should have what uh, yeah. what he assumed I was. It, you know, whenever you really like someone, you're willing to maybe make up a narrative about them just yep. to fit, you know. Yeah, I, I'm just having such a hard time understanding the dynamic because it's not like he was pushy about religion, right? He wasn't trying to push that off on you. Oh, yeah, he was pushy. Oh, well, let's hear about it. Well. 
In what way? I mean, he's just he's just very much, it's all about Jesus. It's all about God. And you're wrong. It's the only one true way. He's not accepting really, I mean, he may say he is, but he's not. I mean, they, he believes he has got the one true answer. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I mean, and you know, people are crazy when they first meet and you fall in love and you're like, oh, sure. everybody, you know, it's, it's a different world. I'm not sure how long you should really wait I don't know when that really wears off, if it's different for everybody. And of course, we didn't live together before we got married. Oh, you couldn't do that. That's no. anti-God. No, yeah. I mean, the one night stand yeah. was bad enough. So so, <laughs> so there was that. Did, did that one night stand turn into a several night stand? You know, it did. And then it, it pretty much stopped. <laughs> it pretty much did. We pretty much went to that, uh, what is that? loophole that uh, they have where it's like well everything but right <laughs> oh every yes, so, it so went, not vaginal. went that direction so it went that direction for the rest of the time gotcha before we were married wow and it probably motivated motivated me to get married probably <laughs> that's, that's not great <laughs> how long did you all date before you got married uh 20 months i believe it was okay gotcha so a little bit longer courtship than your first marriage yes definitely and at that time, he wasn't pushy about religion, though, right? Well, I think he'd already made his assumption that, that I was going to be the good Christian wife, the submissive Christian wife. I see. And you didn't let him know otherwise. I think all you would have to do is listen to me. I mean, it was all there, you know? <laughs> it was all there. Yeah. And, and it, it he was, was blinded by love. I guess. And, and just maybe assumed I, I would change and I would get with, you know, it would just be different. Oh, you know, mm. he, he would always tell me I'm too loud. You know, I'm too loud. <laughs> Pretty sarcastic. You know, th- I know, right? <laughs> but so there were there were personality things, and I and I hate to say this, but in some ways, I I don't I'm not sure he's ever actually liked me personality wise. And every once in a while, I'd even say that I'm like, yeah, I know, I get that you say you love me, but I don't feel like you like me. <laughs> like we are. That's and, too bad. I know, and he and he he wouldn't really he wouldn't really tell me I was wrong. Mm. Well, th- I mean, that's got to be a red flag, though. I mean, yes. at the time. You're, you're seeing these signs that he's making assumptions about you and he's trying to change you before you even get married. Oh, right? no, we were married by then. We were married by then. Oh, okay. it, was, it was pretty rosy for a while. Um, so it wasn't until after you were married that he started telling you you were too loud. It wasn't like a shift. Well, no, he would he would consider me loud. But as far as me feeling like he didn't like me, that definitely happened later. And do you think that that's because you maybe... Did you change at all during the courtship or after you got married or was it him changing? I don't think either one of us changed. I think it's just those love hormones wear off when you start to see everything yeah. a little bit more clearly. I, I don't believe, okay. I mean, there is definitely a gradual change. Like, you know, you know I, which direction he's gone and which direction I've gone has pulled us all the way apart at this point. I see. Well, one of the things that I actually really like about you is just how loud you are. Yay. I think that's a, <laughs> a really fun quality about you. I think that's, you know, your personality is absolutely dynamic. I mean, you're, because we're in the Marco Polo group together for the Yaptron, which is, if you haven't joined that yet, you need to go over to your atheist pastor and support them and join their uh, their Marco Polo group. Uh, the conversations over there are incredible. But, um, you know, whenever you come on, you just light up the room. You're Aww. so bubbly and fun, you know? <laughs> Thank you. So I can't imagine someone not liking your personality. Not everybody can handle not being the center of attention. That might be part of it. Oh, Gotcha. Tell us more about gotcha. that. Yes. Well, it's the it's the it's the man in control problem too. So mm. that that's been a the little patriarchy. bit patriarchy. Yeah. I have the final decision. You know, I am the head of the household. That kind of thing, which just you know doesn't sit with me well. And I'm I'll only bother to fight about things I really care about. So you know that that would be where he may have 
felt a little more like I was willing to roll with things more more than they really I just don't care about a lot of different things you know this relationship has lasted significantly longer than eight years correct yes I believe because God because God like the words because <laughs> God or <laughs> yeah. explain what you mean I I believe that well I believe that he I mean re- he he really wanted to stay married this time and his first three wives nobody made it past three years I think that Two or two years, and one was three years, and the three-year one was probably the one that he had a kid with. So I had the combined record pretty early on, and we we were relatively happy most of the time. It's just been, you know, the last five years, it's really taken a down downturn. Yeah, so, so getting divorced, the more fundamentalist he gets the more unacceptable divorce is. So his, his view of religion and God has changed over the last 20-some years to where he's getting more stuck in yes it. well yeah i mean you, you went from the guy that i would call then you know the guy the guy that had the one night stand when we met has moved all the way to by the book uh, you know the bible is 100 percent true to you know so so now i mean he he would say this is the guy i've always been but i mean he's, he's not um, yeah. and you know nobody nobody is everyone yeah. changes but yeah, it's quite intense. It's all about Bible studies and worship music and just I, it's just not not for me. Yeah. So did he ask for the divorce or did you ask for the divorce? He did. <laughs> well, I told him I would not do it because I wanted it to be the fundamentalist Christian that asked me for a divorce. <laughs> I think that's hilarious. <laughs> I like that part of the story. <laughs> it's a little spite. Oh, definitely. Like. I am I I definitely have a little bit of that going for me. Yes. So he's a fundamentalist Christian. What denomination is he a part of? I'm curious. I don't think he would call it a denomination. It's probably a non-denominational church, you know, like Agape, mm. if, if that's in everywhere. I am still sort of idiot about a lot of how many denominations there are. Thousands. Uh, when we met, he was Nazarene. Yeah, na- I know. He was Nazarene then. Okay. Now he's some other church, which I think they're just basic non-denominational Christian churches. Well, how is he reconciling yeah. this divorce then, since he's so fundamentalist? How is this working in his brain? You know, he <laughs> didn't really he didn't really tell me because well, I, I didn't ask, but I'm going to guess, going to guess. I heard something the other day um, where it sounded like if, it, if, your, if your marriage wasn't godly to start with, then it's basically God won't care, maybe something to that effect. Like if, yeah, so I'm, I'm not sure because somewhere in there it also says if you're married, well, welcome to the Bible. It's contradictory. So. Oh, yeah. Sure. <laughs> well, and he has to not only yeah. justify one divorce, right. he has to justify four. Right. So when, when he goes to heaven, what which wife do you think he's going to get? That's my question. That question. <laughs> well, he needs to convince to Islam, then he'll get like 77 virgins. <laughs> yeah, good luck with that. <laughs> <laughs> no offense, Muhammad. Yeah, exactly. Oh, boy. <laughs> yeah, it's been an interesting ride, that's for sure. Speaking of interesting rides, have you met any new guys recently? Oh, boy. I, you know what? Here's how I'm going <laughs> to diplomatically answer this, because I know you all know the answer. I'm going to say I have not met any new guys <laughs> There you go. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> uh, oh boy, now I'm gonna get in big trouble. I'm not allowed to get in trouble just yet. But so, uh, no, he's not a new guy. Uh, and and you know, for the record, I was loyal that entire marriage, faithful, and, and I believe he was too. So there was no cheating going on or anything like that, or looking outside, not even exploring the option. So that is not it. Yeah. But the pretty much. Uh, 
few days after I was set free, yeah, <laughs> I just decided, decided, decided what I wanted next and went straight towards it. That's all. <laughs> there you go. Stephanie, um, you and I have had a chance to hang out in the lady subgroup that um, I made a week ago <laughs> for all the fade to gray girls. Mm-hmm. It's been really fun. And, yes, we've yes, had a blast. Really and I, I am just going to say this much. I know I'm letting the cat out of the bag in the kitchen from what we call ourselves the kitchen. Anyway, uh, you have been really encouraging to people um, in talking about divorce. If you were to talk with somebody, like say you're in the kitchen again, or you're talking to our listeners who are walking through divorce, do you have any advice or sage counsel <laughs> like, as somebody who's walking through it? How can we make it? Well, I'm, I'm not planning on getting a divorce, but what are some things we can do so that we're not, so it is an amicable divorce and not just like World War Three? Well, I think, you know, I, well, maybe, maybe don't wait to until it's too late until you do hate each other would be part of it but I'd also say it's just it's just a matter of just you're gonna have to be nice you have to remember especially with kids you have to remember I loved this person enough at some point to have children with them and you're gonna have to share them so why not you know move, move back to that step of where you can be friends again sometimes it takes a long time and depends on why you're getting divorced if there was cheating and somebody's really hurt that's gonna be a different situation than mine both of mine so it's you know as far as advice, I mean, I'm just say try to keep your cool the best you can and just move through it. Wait for the healing to happen so that you can be friends again if you have to see them. My first husband is still friends with my family, of course, because <laughs> he's yeah. basically my daughter's father. So he, you know, we see him. We basically. see him. Well, you know, not biologically, but otherwise, that's what I would call him. And that's what she calls him. And that's what he believes he is, too. Yeah. So he's always been just a really great dad to her. And I appreciate that. So I made it, I made the right choice. And she, she actually had said she couldn't imagine us together because she was about eight when we split. She couldn't imagine us together. It doesn't seem like it makes any sense but you know again loud with a quiet one <laughs> but she uh, said that was like the best choice I could have made for her I think that's awesome yeah I think thanks. that's really cool yeah with everything that you've been through because we're kind of laughing about some of this you know and kind of looking back um, but I would imagine that this has been a bit of an emotional journey given two marriages that have ended in divorce, which no one plans right. for divorce, right? Like that's it just, it, that's never our intention or our plan. Elizabeth just asked, you know, like what are the major takeaways? My question is, how do you feel um, having gone through this has changed you, if it has at all? Changed me? I don't know. I It has made me less willing to consider getting married again. That's for sure. I, I don't, I'm not interested in paperwork unless... Um, and I'm not going to say never, because never say never, but the reason would be different than the other two reasons as far as why I would get married again. Um, and, and we're not talking about love here. That one has to be with the person you live with, too. So it doesn't matter. It would it would have to be some legal silliness and medical or that kind of stuff where you would you would benefit from being married. Otherwise, I don't see the point anymore. So maybe that's one way it has changed me. And also, you know, marriage is intended to last and you, nobody plans to get divorced. But you know what? Sometimes it just doesn't. And, and that's okay, too, in my opinion. Yeah, absolutely. I know personally, my dad and my mom got divorced when I was one year old and it was the best decision they could have ever made. Right. Um, if I had had to grow up around that asshole, I might have turned out like him and that would have been terrible. Exactly. You know, as a kid, you wonder why. Why, why aren't my parents together? 
as an adult, you get it. Yes. It's like, oh, okay. Yeah. So, you know, those of you out here who might be listening, you know, who want to go to get a divorce and you might be thinking about, oh, but my kids, we need to stay stay together for the kids. It may be the best thing for you to get a divorce. Your kids need to, to see what a healthy relationship is like. And if you're not in a healthy, loving relationship, it's probably the best decision to get a divorce, in my opinion. I agree. And yeah. And, and yeah. And if you can be civilized with that person that is the other parent, they see another healthy relationship. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So Stephanie, <laughs> do, you, do you mind? I know it's not the, the kindest thing to do to ask a woman her age, but do you mind letting us know the, about what age you are? I am 53. Okay. So as a, as a 53 year old woman, are you nervous about going back into the dating field? <laughs> I think we slightly covered that already. Uh, no, <laughs> I am not. <laughs> but <laughs> but uh, I'm kind of in a, a really cool spot. And you guys will know when you hit my age. Um, I feel more confident than I ever have. I feel like I am pretty much my personality has come out all the way. And and it's just, I mean, it's it's a great feeling. I'm, I'm yeah. just, I'm really happy and and I don't feel like anyone can stop me now. So, yeah. <laughs> so I'm going to do what I want and I'm going to have a good time. You exude confidence. And I think Thanks. that's really important, you know. But I, I mean, how does one date nowadays? Like, are, are you getting on the apps like Tinder and all that stuff? Or are you meeting people organically like, you know, <laughs> back in the day? I have not been on Tinder or any of those. Um yeah. <laughs> the rest is going to have to wait about five months for me to answer. <laughs> until until, um, the, until, yeah. the, until <laughs> maybe six. <laughs> but, um, yeah. Gotcha. We'll just have to leave that a little bit of a mystery for now. Yeah. I mean, yeah. absolutely. Let's just say I did, I did not use any. Well, I used the Marco Polo app. There you have it. I used the Marco oh. Polo app. <laughs> have you been hooking up with Daryl from uh, Your Atheist Pastor? Oh, no. <laughs> Daryl. I love Daryl. Uh, it is, it is, you, know, you know what? Maybe I should leave that a mystery. Maybe it is Daryl. It could be. No. Yeah, let's say it is. I've always thought that it was, actually. Sure, sure. I mean, I Daryl. am almost certain that there's something there. I don't know if it's currently there, but I've seen it. I wow. Think Seth just thinks, I just think Seth thinks that Daryl's good looking. That's yeah, all. Yeah, I was going to say the same thing. He is. Well. <laughs> no, Daryl and I are friends that live very far apart. So, so far, you know, that's, that's all that's going to be. He's, he's too young for me anyway. He's too young for me. <laughs> you know how many guys out there would love to make it with a cougar? I know. That's what I'm saying. It's like kind of. Oh, my understand. goodness. All right. <laughs> yes. The true your atheist pastor told me I should basically go out and change the life of a 30 year old. And I'm just like, I just I don't think I can. So. <laughs> I, just like, just not, I just can't do it. I just, you know, damage the poor guy forever. Yeah. But if that would uh. turn him gay, I'm totally on board with that. <laughs> oh, <no>. oh, wow. <laughs> All right. This one's for Seth. Yeah. I'm doing it for Seth. Yeah, just, for do, just do it Stephanie. for me. Just do it for me. <laughs> Oh, boy. <laughs> so as the person who's taking over your atheist pastor, uh, you already have your first episode out. Yes. Um, what can we look forward to in the future coming from that podcast? What's your vision? I still want to keep the featured atheist 
interviews along the way. I like listening to where people are and how they got there, where they came from. That kind of thing is super interesting to me. And then I, I really want to help people connect with each other. So a little bit more yeah. community, like, you know, like, you know, how the Marco Polo group is. And we all kind of branch off and end up talking to each other separately sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> and and it's uh, been a really good group of friends that you can trust. I mean, that's who I counted on when, when my future ex said, uh, i I want to separate. I think we should separate, you know, and his timing's never been good. So I didn't get much sleep that night because it was just late at night. And you start thinking, oh, my God, I have to do all of these things to do now. We have houses and cars and dogs and just it's a lot of work. But so that that night was a rough night. And the next day I was uh, kind of bummed and just in a spin. But I talked to a couple of the uh, the friends on Marco Polo. And, and I mean, they just they were really encouraging to me. And it was really nice to have a friend to talk to. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I asked Luke, you know, whenever he was talking about uh, stepping down, you know, who he thought would be a good replacement. And he said, you. And, uh, you know, and, and I don't think he'd be upset with me for sharing this, but his rationale was that you are extremely nurturing yeah. to the people that are over there. And a lot of the people that are there are searching for something, right? They're, they've, most of them have come from a life of religion and now they don't have it. Right. And you all, at your atheist pastor, like you said earlier, are putting a friendly face on atheism. And I think that's so important yep. for people to, to be able to have that community. I think that community is uh, and continues to be extremely beneficial for a lot of people, myself included. Yes. Um, so I'm I'm really happy uh, that you're taking over that podcast. I think everyone needs to, to make sure to go over to iTunes right now. Oh boy. <laughs> and subscribe to Your Atheist Pastor. You get to hear Stephanie. Uh, is it going to be every week or every other week now? Right now it's every other week. And so this, okay. this week is just me talking about me a little bit. Um, which was much more difficult than I expected. <laughs> so <laughs> it'd be much easier with three people in the room like you guys are doing it. Sure. The next time I'll have another featured atheist. Of course, the first one was uh, Daryl. Cough, that cough. Was, uh, that <laughs> was really was. fun. I had him pop my podcast, Jerry. That's right. <laughs> so that was super fun. <laughs> so that that's more the plan that I I will keep doing. And and I was I was so shocked and honored when Luke asked me to take over I mean I would have never seen that coming or even considered I'd be good at it and I'm not saying I'm good at it yet so give me give me a few tries don't you know hang on for a couple more episodes at least and see how I do okay <laughs> oh I loved the episode with you and Daryl I thought it was great thanks yeah yeah it was fun I liked I think, it too I think Luke said besides besides this the obvious sexual tension and I said what no <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about <laughs> That's why I was listening. <laughs> see, see, it worked. <laughs> Stephanie, thank you so much for being a guest on our podcast. We really appreciate you taking the time out uh, to be interviewed by all of us nonsense people. <laughs> uh, thank you. I really appreciate being on Fate to Gray. It's a great podcast. Stephanie, if our listeners want to get a hold of you, what's the best way to do it? Well, I think the best way is for all of you to call Luke and tell him you better get me an email address really quick. But <laughs> I like that idea. Let's go bombard Luke's email. Otherwise, <laughs> no, probably you shouldn't do that. Um, eventually, I will be. I will have an email address, and it'll be Stephanie S T E F A N I E at youratheistpastor.org. For now, the Yappers group is probably the quickest way to find me. Yappers Y A P P E R S, and that's just on Facebook. It's a private group. We have to answer a few questions 
just so we know you're not a troll. <laughs> that's pretty much it. And are you on Instagram at all? I'm barely on Instagram, but eventually I'll be taking over the Your Atheist Pastor Instagram as well as the Facebook group and all of that stuff. So we're still gotcha. still transitioning just a little bit. Luke is uh, still in charge of all of those. He's having trouble giving up power. It's that damn patriarchy again. I think he's, I think he's, <laughs> yeah, exactly right. <laughs> yeah. It's just a time thing, I'm sure. <laughs> well, I know we've kind of had a lighthearted conversation about your divorce, um, but not everyone is going to go through an amicable divorce. You are. And there is a divorce helpline that you can call. It's 800-359-7004. Or you can just go to divorcehelp.com and they can help you with any resources you need. Uh, and it's definitely something that if you're thinking about, look into it. That is cool. And I'd also just like to throw out that Oftentimes, due to the emotional turmoil that can happen due to a divorce, that counseling can be very helpful. I can't tell you, I mean, I at least take almost every day working for an insurance company and employee assistance program, at least five of my phone calls every single day have to do with relationships, specifically around divorce, cheating and affairs and things of that nature. Um, and so just kind of throwing that out there, that there are resources available and help if you ever need someone to process it through with. But the great thing is, is that you have Stephanie here with your atheist pastor who has her own story to share in a podcast to talk about all kinds of things. So be sure to check her out. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on. You are welcome. Thank you. So I chose to get married to my first husband because um, we had a lot of common interests. We had a good time together. We laughed together. We had similar occupations. Um, and, you know, I thought he was my friend. So that's the real reasons that, you know, I chose to marry him. So the marriage was, um, there were things about it that I expected that were good. You know, again, common interests. We did things together, we traveled, we both loved food, we tried new restaurants, we did all these things, but there were things that came very unexpected. After we married and we lived together, I found certain things that were quite shocking to me. One was internet accounts that he had with, I don't know if you want to call them porn sites or whatever, but he had women that he talked to on a regular basis. And people asked me, wasn't there an indication of that before you were married? I think in hindsight there probably was, but I was still stunned, actually. And coming home sometimes after, at night, late after work, I would find wine glasses with lipstick and those types of things. Like I said, hindsight, hindsight's always 100%, I guess. Were there signs before that that there were going to be problems with infidelity and pornography? I think that that was there, but I didn't see it to the degree I did until after I was married. So there was a last-ditch effort to save our marriage, um, and it was made more by him than me. And I agreed um, to go to counseling with him for six months. And we went to a marriage counselor, and I was very faithful. I went every week and did the activities that he asked us to do. And at the very last counseling um, session, he asked us what we both wanted. And my husband at the time said that he wanted to build a life with me, and he wanted to be happy, and he wanted all these things. And I said, well, simply, I want all those things too, but just not with him. 
And I think that's what I got from the six months of counseling was that I did want all those same things, but it wasn't going to be possible with him. Some of the consequences of going through the divorce for me, I was devastated because I had invested a large number of years with this individual. And at the time, I was also 30, 31 years old going through a divorce. I didn't have any children yet, and I'd always wanted children, you know, so all those things kind of played into it. But I also felt like a failure. And I also went through a lot of pain in the sense that I didn't trust myself to see somebody how they really were. Like, was I capable of doing that? Because clearly the things that surfaced once we lived together and were married, like I said, were there prior to. I had a lot of doubt in my, my personal ability, I think, to really know somebody. And that was a very scary place. I actually went into my oncology fellowship during that time and I had to take six weeks off and I went home and stayed with my parents for about six weeks because it was I think grieving the loss of the relationship but also it was grief that I felt about my own abilities. Does that make sense? So the time frame between my first and second marriage was almost four years. And kind of how the process went for me was I finally came to a point where I realized I just had to be happy with me. And I had to be okay with the fact that I could spend the rest of my life alone, you know? And how can I have a rewarding and happy life without a partner? If that's what was going to be in the ticket for me, then that's what was going to be in the ticket for me. And I dated and I kind of came up with um, all these new different hobbies and I started a little company, I made jewelry and you know I did all these exciting things and then all of a sudden you know my current husband kind of fell into my lap. It was kind of one of those things when you're not looking you find it and he's the exact opposite of everything I ever said I wanted in somebody. But it but it works. That I went through this whole process of grief and self-doubt and then I eventually became very confident in who I was and happy with who I was. So it actually ended up bringing me to a better place if that's possible but it did. But it was not an easy process. So I ultimately chose to marry Bill. Why did I choose to marry Bill? I didn't even anticipate Bill was gonna ask me to marry him, to tell you the truth. But Bill was different. He had been married before as well, and he had two daughters to his first marriage, something I said I would never get involved in. But Bill was somebody who had fought to keep his daughters through that divorce. So he had custody of his children. And I think to me that was something that was very attractive <laughs> because here's this man who is who felt like he was the better parent and was going to take care of these kids. He had an amazing heart. He believed in God. He had strong faith. Those were things that really drew me to Bill, very different things than I had looked for in my first husband. Bill also had, had a different sense of humor than me. I mean, every other way we were opposites. However, however, in some ways we were the same. Politically, we were the same. I think our goals about family were the same. So those were some of the other things that drew me to him. So Bill and I have been married going on 15 years. The reasons that we stay together are because when we sit down and we really, say we get into a difficult spot in our marriage, we sit down and we both realize that our marriage has made us both better people. And that's something that we both have never had before in past relationships. So that really keeps us together. The other thing that keeps us together, I think, is our religious faith, um, our feelings about family, home, friendship, country. I mean, we just have a lot of these basic fundamental, what I call fundamental truths that we share. But at the end of the day, like I said, it's because he makes me a better person and I try to make him a better person. 
Um, it's not easy in any means, <laughs> but that's, that's just the bottom line for me. I'm better with him than without him. What advice would I give my kids as they approach marriage? I think the most important thing is, and I don't know how to say this well, I think people focus too much on this concept of this grand love in this, um, and it's all romanticized and you have these big weddings. None of that stuff is really important. <laughs> At the end of the day, I've found that what makes my marriage solid, and it's not that Bill and I aren't in love with each other. I mean, that changes over time too. It's that your core beliefs and your goals have to be in alignment with each other. And I think if a couple goes into a marriage and those things are there, the goals, and they're solid and you share beliefs and you share common goals, then I think your chances of success are are there. You have you have what you need. Does that make sense? I don't think that this concept of, you know, oh, I'm so in love, I can't live without you and all this stuff, I, I, I think we've romanticized marriage to almost a point where we've made it harder for people to have a good marriage because they picked the wrong partners for the wrong reasons. And that's it for this episode of Fade to Gray. Again, I just want to thank Stephanie from Your Atheist Pastor and my friend Shannon for sharing their stories with us and being open and vulnerable about some heavier moments in their lives. Just a reminder, if you want to find Stephanie, just look up Your Atheist Pastor wherever you download your podcasts. Fade to Gray podcast was brought to you by listeners just like you. Thank you to all of our patrons for making this possible, especially April, Kate, and Chad Johnson. Thanks so much, guys. You can find out more about becoming a patron by visiting our Patreon page at patreon.com backslash fade to gray podcast. You can follow us on all of our socials, Facebook and Instagram, and find us on our website at fade to gray podcast. Thanks for joining us again. We'll see you next week with more episodes of fade to gray.